Hello and welcome into the second episode of Top of the Hill. I'm Logan Hill, joined by Tyler Kirk, and we have a pretty packed episode today. We're going to be talking about the NFL, of course, a lot of NBA action with NBA tip-off this week. We're going to talk about the college football playoff after those games have been set. And we're going to probably wrap up the show with some segments, and we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl rosters. So like I said, pretty packed episode, a lot to talk about. Hope you guys enjoy. Getting right into it, we're going to go into our NFL action of the week. But before we do that, how you doing today, Tyler? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty pretty big week in the NFL, I'd say. The biggest news, of course, the New York Jets. J-E-T-S. The New York football Jets won their first game of the season over the Los Angeles Rams. And it's just crazy. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to catch this game because I was at work when it was on. But... They went into L.A. and won. It's not like it was just a home game. They beat the Rams in L.A. And at the same time, lost the inside track on the number one overall pick. The Jaguars now, of course, have the inside track on that. They have the same record. I don't know how it plays out, but according to ESPN's Football Power Index, the Jaguars have a 75 for about 75% chance to get the first pick, and the Jets' chances of that has fallen to about 25%. So, I mean, that's like... What do you do there? Happy to get their first win of the season, of course. But you also might have just lost out on Trevor Lawrence, if that's the direction you were going to go. I don't know why you wouldn't go that direction. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, they, the Jets, it's just crazy because a couple weeks ago, they were playing the Raiders. And, of course, they had that game in the bag. And probably one of the only teams in NFL history, they blitzed on a Hail Mary situation which if you know football, you never do that. So obviously they were, they were trying to lose that game. They're trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, I know they fired their defensive coordinator and Greg Williams, but it's just, I, I just don't see how the Rams lose this game. It's pretty crazy to me. Like you said, they did beat them in Los Angeles, but then again, there's also not that many fans. So Home field advantage isn't that big of a thing anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with that, that that home field is not really a big deal. To me, it's a big deal because it was on the West Coast. Yeah. And it was, like, it was still a Rams home game, regardless if there's fans or not. The Jets, it's not like they came to New York and you could be lame it on, like, oh, jet lag or something like that. The Jets went out there and took care of business. And that's that's what the hard thing has got to be is because, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is is awesome. He's going to be an awesome NFL player probably. These guys, like, they're getting paid every week. They're exactly. NFL players, too. Yeah, they want they, to win. They want to win. So, I don't know. That's a crazy story because you saw it in the headlines afterwards. Like, people were calling that the most demoralizing yep. win of the season, and that's just, like, a weird phrase to me to call it a demoralizing win, especially when it's your first victory. For me, I was extremely happy because I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan, so I did not want to go have him go to New York. But, honestly, I don't even – QB is not their issue. I mean, the – Sam Darnold is a good quarterback, in my opinion. It's a, It was a coaching, number one. Adam Gase was a terrible head coach. And then their offensive line is just I – and mean, they drafted a, a left tackle, I believe, in the previous draft. But, Becton? Yes. Yeah, they drafted Becton. They didn't need – they don't need a quarterback. I know Trevor Lawrence is a generational – he's probably the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck in 2012. But QB is not their issue. I think Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. 
hopefully he doesn't stay in New York. I I can see him excel, excelling on a team like the 49ers, someplace like that. But QB is not their issue here. Yeah, and I mean, I like Sam Darnold a lot too. So it was always kind of crazy to me. Like, why are they tanking for Trevor Lawrence? They, yeah. have, they have a quarterback. But I also heard this week that Trevor – not Trevor Lawrence, I'm sorry. Sam Darnold has said that he wants to be a Jet for life. Kind of a weird phrase to hear looking Very at the weird. state of the Jets. But the issue for me is that it sucks so bad. It's cool that they got their first win. What was it, week 15? Week 14. Week 14. So you already you already lost. No, it is 15. Well, yeah, week 15. So you already lost that many games all season. So yeah. it's like the fans, at least, their eyes have to be set. On the on number Trevor one pick Lawrence, because you're yeah. already like we've suffered through this yeah. enough. You but, might as well lose out at that point. But There's in no ultimate point. Jets fashion, of course, they did that. So, I mean, that's the biggest news probably from Sunday in terms of the draft and the NFL season. The best game of the week yet again, I think, was probably on Monday night, and it was Bengals-Steelers. The Steelers going into Cincinnati, they lost their last two games. I mean, the, the Bengals didn't have Joe Burrow. They didn't have Joe Mixon. As a fan, as a person that watches football, you have to be thinking in your mind, there's no way the Steelers lose this game. The Bengals had no reason that they should have won that game, but I think maybe that's why they did. I yeah. think Ryan Finley, I think he looked pretty poised. The last he time did. I saw him in action was against the Ravens last mm -hmm. year, and, I mean, he didn't even look like he knew how to play football in that game. So to see him come in and face that Steelers defense that – they're good, don't get me wrong. They have not looked that good in recent no. weeks. And I know they're, they're losing, and so that's an easy take to say. They just haven't, like, T.J. Watt, yeah, he looks menacing. Minka Fitzpatrick is great on the back end. They both were pro bowlers, I'm pretty sure. But Well, they both had a good game, but they the rest of the defense did not. They also had that one – I mean, they were already thin at linebacker, and then their linebacker, who was a safety coming into the game, he had to play linebacker, and he ended up getting hurt for a little bit. But to be fair, Ryan Finley, he didn't have a great game. He did what he had to do. But Zach Taylor, he called a great game, in my opinion. And the Bengals just looked like they won it more. It was kind of sad to watch the Steelers, who were 13 or 11-0, and 0, my bad. And they lose to the Washington football team on Monday night. And then they go out and lose to the Bills on Monday night. And then – Sunday night. Sunday night, and then they go against a 2-10-1 team coming into the game and with a chance to clinch the division. And then they just – yeah. So, I don't know. It, it was really crazy. My favorite play from the game had to be uh, Giovanni Bernard. I think it was in, like, the start of the second quarter. The Bengals were winning 3-0, and then it was from, like, five yards out. He was It was like a stretch run. Yeah. And the safety came down. And if the safety would have just hit him as hard as he could – and not tried to, like, size him up, he would have made the tackle. Instead, Giovanni Bernard put this man on skates and yes, just walked into the end zone on his own. That was awesome. That kind of, to me, set the tone for what the Bengals were really going to come out and do. And, of course, we have to talk about the Von Bell hit on Juju Smith-Schuster. You can't get much closer to the logo than that, which I think makes it <laughs> even that much more awesome because, of course, Juju lately been famous for dancing on the logo, which, I mean, I don't, I don't think is cool, I think. I saw it today. Mike Tomlin said it's about respect, and I agree with that. I get it. It's the NFL. I get it. They're all professionals, and it's an entertainment business. But something just doesn't sit right with me about doing a dance on the team's midfield logo. So to see Von Bell come down and kind of just lay the wood, in a sense, and pop that ball out. I was watching it with my dad, and my dad was like, I don't, I don't think that's a catch. And I got, I got another good look at it, and I said, 
no, it looked like he tucked the ball away. I think that's a catch and a fumble. And then, they, of course, they reviewed it. Uh, Zach Ta- Taylor challenged it, and they overruled it. I think the the thing that the Steelers have been preaching lately is physicality, and that's how they've been like able to beat teams, just, just being more physical. The Bengals flipped the script on them, and I think that's why they won the football game. It was just a really good showing from Cincinnati when every se- everything kind of seems lost yeah, this season. I, all I agree. If, that, if their defense plays like that next season, when they have Joe Burrow and um, their tackle, what, Wills? Wurfs? Tristan Wurfs? Yeah. No, he, he's on the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, he plays for the Bucks. Um, um, I don't know. Joe Burrow's yeah, coming back, that. obviously. He looked good this year. He looked Joe like Mixon. he just needed a, a line. So if they can shore up the offensive line, Joe Mixon comes back and returns the form. They have good young receivers Gary out Williams there, too. Is their tackle. So their offense, I mean, they look – their offense looked really good this season with Joe Burrow, or at least a lot better from the season before. And if their defense can come out there and just physically manhandle an opposing team's offense like they did last night, the Bengals might be good next season. I think it is going to be a very, very interesting half decade, maybe I'll go as far and yeah. say, at least in, in the, the AFC, AFC North, North yeah, because sure. if the Bengals can put the pieces in place, they have their quarterback. Baker Mayfield has been playing awesome lately, so it looks like the Browns are finally out of the darkness and might, like we talked about it last week, might be able to be a consistent competitor. The Ravens are year in and year out are a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers, I mean, they, they have their question marks right now, but you don't get to 11-0 by accident. No. So, and the last thing I'll say about the Steelers before we move on to the other news we have is what a cushion you can build if you're really going to be a not-good football team. Yep. 11 straight. Like, you're probably going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. They could not win another game and still yeah, – if, if the chips fall right, they could win the division, but they'll probably make the – I'm pretty sure they've clinched already regardless. Mm. If not, they're They'd as close as you out, can be. And the Browns would have to win out for the series to lose out in the division. But Yeah. Um, they haven't clinched the po- – I feel like they've clinched nah. at least postseason berth. No? I don't think they have. Yeah. Maybe. Technically, they could still lose. Yeah. That, but so I mean, there's. I, but, I mean, of course, that also has to do with how much, how many good football teams there are in the AFC this year. I mean, from the AFC North, there's three teams with nine wins. The AFC South is competitive again this year with the Titans and the Colts, and then the Dolphins and the Bills. The Bills. So I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good football, and of course the Chiefs. I mean, they're just in a class yeah. of their own right now. Speaking of the Chiefs, they beat probably what is. Truly, right now, the best defense in the NFL. They went to New Orleans and beat the Saints in Drew Brees' return. It was a close game. I think it ended up being the Chiefs won by three. 32-29. Yeah, 32-29. A close score. The game was not that close. Time of possession was off the charts. I, I saw it today. I'm pretty sure the Chiefs had like 40 minutes to the Saints 20. Mm-hmm. It was something like that, roughly. So that's that's crazy when it comes to time of possession like that. The Chiefs, that's another one of those games where the Chiefs just kind of showed we're good not because we're that good. It's because we can win the games that matter too. Of course, we can go out and we can blow out lesser teams and win by 40. Like, that's not a big deal. You have Patrick Mahomes, like, that can happen. But to win the close games against the Saints, to win the good game they won against the Bills this year, just stuff like that. Not only that, they're winning in different ways, I feel like, this year as well. Their defense has really stepped up. And they're Patrick, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes week in and week out, but he's even though he's still doing it all, he doesn't have to do it all. 
they're winning in other ways other than their offense this year, which I think makes them very scary for opposing NFL teams. But talking about that game, I was this was Brees's, Drew Brees' first game back in I think five weeks, I believe, right? With his, or at least it's been a while. Three or four. Yeah, he's been he's been out with the with the injuries he's dealing with. But I was surprised. I thought he was gonna do bad. To be honest, I mean, coming off that rib injury is pretty brutal. But even though he was fifteen to thirty four passing, which is obviously not like him, he's a seventy percent career accuracy quarterback. But um, yeah, fifteen to thirty four is just not like him. But he also threw for three touchdowns, only one interception. Yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest take that I have about Drew Brees' play from Sunday was that he kind of looked like he was antsy out there. I mean, but that, to me, you have to expect it. He's a 41-year-old quarterback, and he also just – it's his first game back from injury. So, it looked like he was anxious and, like I said, antsy. But, I mean, he still made it a close game with the reigning Super Bowl champions. The biggest thing for the Saints, though, is – I. I don't think they're going to get the first seed. They kind of had the, the hold mm-hmm. on the first seed all year. And then Packers the Packers the Packers have come along and with the Saints slipping down the stretch a little bit. And that's just what the biggest concern is, is Drew Brees going on the road and trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Yep. I mean, the take is, like, if he can play through the Superdome until he's got to go to the Super Bowl, he's going to be better. He's going to be inside, no bad weather. Lambeau in January, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound exciting to anyone, I don't think. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. he plays all his game, all of his home games there, so – did you see that McCole Hardman touchdown catch, though? Yes, I did. The toe drag, the one foot, the toe drag. That play was just insane from beginning to end. I mean, I did not think he caught – I thought he was way out of bounds. So did the announcers and everyone else in the stadium, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every every week now I say, that might be the play of the season. That one's going to be in the top ten, I have to think. For sure. There was, like, no space, and he just – Mahomes squeezed that ball in the back back of the end zone corner and it was just awesome and also he threw a touchdown to kelsey it was a chest pass yeah literally took the snap and just turned and threw it for i think it was like a one yard touchdown or something like that that's their bread and butter on the goal line though yeah the chiefs are just you you never know what they're gonna do and that that's what makes them even that much more dangerous is because they have the weapons they have the guy in mahomes they can do whatever they want, and they're not afraid to try to do whatever they want. And they have Andy Reid, who's one of the best play callers of all time, in my opinion. Absolutely. Could you see this being a rematch in the Super Bowl, though? I could, but especially with Drew Brees' injury, he's he obviously was not 100% healthy. No player is throughout the whole season, but he didn't – I don't even think he looked like he was 75% healthy. And if he if he continues to start the remaining games, he's not going to get to even 80%. So I don't see the Saints making it to the Super Bowl. I think the Packers are definitely a better bet. The Buccaneers, obviously, but I don't see them making it either. They're way too inconsistent. Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of agree with that. I don't know how things are going to shake out in the NFC yet. I think that the Chiefs, of course, are the guys until they're not, until someone comes in to Arrowhead and – Takes it away from them. Could it be the Bills this year? Maybe the Bills are looking pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's like the team that, that you've been hearing about lately that can maybe give them a run for their money. The Browns with their running game could potentially give them a game. You don't really know. But, I mean, speaking of the Super Bowl just in general, one team that's not going to be playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year for the first time in forever, the New England Patriots, officially eliminated from playoff contention with their loss to the Dolphins this weekend. What do you got on that one? 
I mean, those words just don't – it's just funny how hearing the Browns make the playoffs and then the Patriots not make the playoffs the, in the same year is just – you never would have thought that would ever happen in your lifetime. And it's happened in 2020 of all years. So, but yeah, obviously Cam Newton, he was – everyone thought that he would have had a lot better of a season this year being in the Bill Belichick system and all that. But he just has not panned out. And obviously he didn't have a lot of time to get over the playbook. And I think he only signed with the team like two weeks before yeah, it, the it was late. season. It was super late. So he didn't have a lot of time to work with the young receivers that they have as well, especially with Julian Edelman being on injured reserve, mm-hmm. I believe still. And – they had injuries on defense as well. They lost some key players. Yeah, they had some guys opt out of the season. Yeah, so. I mean, it's not like you couldn't see this coming this year just yeah. because of how much has changed. Of course, Tom going to Tampa Bay, didn't help breaking no. up the marriage and all. It's just weird. Like you said, this is the Browns. I'm pretty sure I saw it today. The Browns' best start since the franchise returned to Cleveland in, I think it was 1999, they returned to Cleveland. So, in the, in the First same time they year. playoffs since 2007. I mean, they, they haven't officially clinched playoffs yet. Well, if they do. Yeah, yeah. if, if they, like if they make the playoffs, it would be the first time since yeah. 2007. But it's their best start since they returned to Cleveland. Also in the same year, the Patriots have been officially eliminated. I think it's safe to say that it's it's the end of the era in New England. And it could be a different, a different era afterwards. Who knows? Who knows how long Belichick is going to want to stay there in the future. I mean, he's not getting any younger, obviously. Just crazy, crazy times in the NFL. I really do believe it's kind of a changing of the guard. Yeah, I like I mean, that. I, and I do too. I think you see it like with all these young quarterbacks that are coming out. And they're, they're a little bit different than the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's. Who else was it? I mean, even Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's kind of like a longevity guy at this point from the old era. Him and Patrick era. Mahomes are the same. Similar, player. similar and different. Yeah. I think, of course, um, Rodgers is mobile. He's just not, to me, mobile. So is Patrick yeah, well, that's yeah, what, he does that's my point is, is that. He's not mobile in the same ways that these new young guys are mobile in the fact that oh, they yeah. can run these read and these option-type mm-hmm. run plays. Like, I think it's going to be a really exciting next, like I said, half-decade, decade in football in general, just with all the young QB talent that's coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like I said, a, lot, a lot's changing in the NFL. Before we get done with our NFL, of course, we have to talk about some young QBs again. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. He was caught – that he was photographed at a strip club Sunday night, and he wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, <sighs> this one hurts me a lot. I think if we had Alex Smith in there in the game against Seattle this weekend, that the Washington football team would have won. Dwayne Haskins, I believe they were – both of his interceptions came when they were inside the Seahawks' 35- and 40-yard line, which – I mean, they, they, they lost by five. So if you don't throw those two picks, which Alex Smith doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, then I believe they win that game. And it was just a struggle. And then Dwayne Haskins, he hasn't been good with his outside. Obviously, he hasn't been good with his football life or NFL life so far, but his outside has not been good either. And this just hurts him even more. And if Alex Smith can't play this upcoming game, I don't know if – Ron Rivera benches Haskins, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's just QB controversy this year for the Washington football team. If you can even call it a controversy, it's almost just like 
who can play at quarterback this week. Of course, Alex Smith coming back and after his injury, it was it's been great all season. It's been really fun to watch. Haskins just needs to stay out of his own way at this point. I mean, yep. you were the starter at the start of the year and I get it that you're not this regime this regime's quarterback like you're not their guy so to speak. You're still a first round pick and you were a first round pick for a reason, whether or not that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it you're a young kid. I get it that you haven't really learned how to be a true consummate professional all the way yet, but this is not the way to go about things, especially not wearing the mask because you know you're going to catch even more flack for that yep. in the state of the world we live in right now. So, I mean, that's just – that's a, a trending story. And then last thing I have on the NFL, Derrick Henry sent somebody else again this week. I feel like I'm just glad that I'm not an NFL player and I get to talk about sports because if, if I somehow – was on the field and they're like, yeah, just go try and tackle him. I wouldn't know what to do because you see these guys, he just runs up to him, takes his hand, sticks his palm right on the top of their helmet, and there they go. They're on the ground. So it's just like, I mean, there's been at least three or four in the last – going back to the divisional playoff game against the Ravens last year, I can think of at least three or four times that he's done this now. Yep. Is there anything more demoralizing in the NFL right now than being on the end of a Derrick Henry stiff arm? Not really. <laughs> I mean, he he he's playing against professional football players, the best football players in the whole world, and he makes them look like a 10-year-old youth league player. It's yeah. just insane to watch, and it's fun for the Titans, but not fun for everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. And just, it's so funny, too, because all that you've heard in probably the last – we'll say like the last five years is that like the running back position is changing. Like it's, it's not what it used to be. You need to be a pass catcher. You need to be able to do it all. Derrick Henry, of course he can catch passes. He's a great player. He is like bucking the trend of that. Like, and I've, I've literally said that he's like an assassin on the field. I've said that I've had that take for a while. And just the fact that he can like just come out and put a team to sleep pretty much on his own. Of course, someone's got to hand him the football and stuff like that. And he needs blockers and stuff, but it's just, if you're on the end, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb yeah. If, that if you're too. on the end of a Derrick Henry stiff arm, yeah, that's just... don't go on Twitter that day. No, don't go on Twitter that day. So I mean, yeah, that's a, that's our NFL Week 15 recap. We have, of course, a lot of NBA to talk about with NBA tip off this week. Biggest game of the week. I'm sorry, biggest game of the night. Is it Warriors or Nets or Lakers Clippers to you? I think Warriors Nets only because we get to see KD for the first time in like three years yes you told me earlier that that's the longest layoff between someone's starting games since mj the second time he retired yeah i mean i heard that i heard that today when i was prepping um on sports center and i i like looked up and up from my computer and i was like since since who michael jordan 2001 it's 2020 so that's it's crazy it's gonna be awesome i think it's cool i don't think the nba is shy in like knowing what its storylines are so to have the the tip-off game, the Warriors and Nets is going to be pretty cool. I'm excited to see Steph play again. Yeah, for sure. He only played five games last year. He's looked really good in the preseason as well. It sucks that Which, Clay's not there, yeah. obviously. It sucks that it's kind of a diluted uh, performing cast, underwhelming a little bit. I mean, Kelly Oubre, James Wiseman, if he's playing. He is. He's starting tonight. Yeah, so, I mean, you, of course, there's some guys there. It's just, it's so crazy that, I mean, of course, we just had the longest year in NBA history, so don't get me wrong. But the year before was literally the Warriors still on their run until it all fell apart at the yep. very end. And just to look at how much has changed since then, it's pretty crazy. 
first reaction for KD as a net, I'm interested to see how him and Kyrie play together. Of course, I mean they played together a little bit in the preseason. I think it can work. I think it's I think it's weird to now see because it was Steph and KD and Kyrie and LeBron. Mm -hmm. Like those were the duos for a while. Obviously, LeBron and Kyrie have had their fallings out at falling out at this point. But I think it's gonna be interesting to see Kyrie and KD work together. I agree. Uh, I they're gonna play together good. I think they're both exceptional basketball players but i also think that Kyrie and kd not playing Kyrie played for a little bit last season but kd not playing the whole season i honestly think that helped them build their chemistry that way they didn't have to deal with the whole selfishness of who's getting the ball their first season they were able to create a bond between each other first so i think that's only going to help them on the basketball court yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited just because I've always kind of been a KD fan. Yeah, I always have just kind of liked KD. I mean, he's he's local. He's from around yeah. like DC, Maryland area. One of the more peculiar guys in the NBA, mm-hmm. like as of late, ever kind of since he left OKC, he's kind of just been a little bit out there. I feel like people would agree with. I think he stepped into that villain role. Yeah, and I mean, somebody somebody's got to be the villain. So yeah. if you can take it and you can embrace it, you can get your your, your rings. That's good. I'm excited for him because I don't feel like he's going to be the villain no. in Brooklyn. The so. Brooklyn that he had the I'm sorry, the villain that he had to be when he was in Golden State because he just made that team yeah. so lethal. But the other game of the night, Clippers at Lakers. The Lakers are going to be getting their rings. So I mean, that's that's pretty cool because you're getting your ring, but it's also pretty cool to kind of rub it in the face of the Clippers because <laughs> Clippers didn't even make the conference finals yep. in the playoffs last year. The newly assembled Lakers versus the – I want to say that they're still regrouping. I, I can't tell you whether or not that's legitimate that the Clippers are regrouping. But I just feel like after the playoff woes, losing Montrez, losing Doc Rivers, who knows? I don't know. I think I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Lakers, like we talked about it – I think we talked about it last week. The Lakers just got better. Yeah, They got rid of some pieces, of course, some good pieces, but they added Montrez Harrell from the Clippers. They added Dennis Schroeder. Those are good pieces. LeBron coming back, won the finals MVP. Anthony Davis is only going to keep playing good or get better. Interesting stat. LeBron James is projected to be the oldest starter in the NBA this season. Isn't that crazy? That is mind-blowing. So, I mean, I guess if you sit and you think about it, it's really not not that weird. I think he's 36 or going to be 36. His birthday is in the end of December. Yeah. So, I mean – 36 is pretty old for an NBA player at this point. It's just crazy to me that there's not one guy out there anywhere else that's a little bit older than LeBron getting a start. I, but I think it's even crazier that he's, without a doubt, still a top three player in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't win a, you don't win a finals MVP by accident, and I think that just goes to show. And second in the MVP. The yeah, NBA exactly. Honest. So it's just like appreciate this greatness that we're still seeing in, yep. at this age because it's going to end soon. Yep. It could be over in – Three years. We don't know. So, I mean, of course, like, there's the GOAT debate, MJ, LeBron, Kobe in there sometimes, just obviously. But just, like, that's that's what my take on it all is, is just appreciate it while it's still here. Because, I mean, he has a chance. I think I saw it was minutes played. He's going to get – he's going to be, like, the third player ever to get to – I think it was, like, it's either 60,000 or 600,000. Whichever one, like, only Kareem and – I don't know, maybe Will have done it. It was, like, mm-hmm. two other guys have done it. And then I also just saw that, like, the next player closest to him in minutes played in the, like, in the active, active NBA yeah. is Melo. 
Melo would have to play every minute of every game this season to even get anywhere close to what Le- it's like fifteen thousand minutes difference. It's a lot of minutes difference. And, and they, then it's it's the same, the same yeah draft the class, same too. draft class same year so but of course Melo is just like his career kind of flamed out yeah. here I like I like what he's doing now I like his role that he plays for Portland I agree LeBron has literally just been a force in the NBA since 2003 and yeah. I think I mean that's it's just crazy that he's still as dominant as he was back in his Miami days and everyone, even if even if you don't see it it's still yeah. happening and everyone can talk about his finals record I get it. Four and six is not very good, but you have to appreciate how he literally made it to what was it nine, eight straight finals? Yeah, it was something like that. And that's just that's never been done since all the Celtics players from back in the sixties. So it's like one guy doing that. That's just insane. It doesn't matter if I know he was to three and five during that time, but it's just insane to think that he went to eight straight and four were on. Two different teams. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's just – those are the two games tonight on Tuesday we're recording right now. It's like 5.30, so neither of the games are on yet. But they're going to be on tonight. A lot of other NBA games this week. And I just – I think the NBA has immensely grown in popularity within, like, the last three years. And I think it has probably a lot to do with, like, Adam Silver being a really good commissioner. I just – I don't think, like, when the Heat were good back with LeBron, like, I think people tuned into the NBA and, like, big sports fans watch it. I feel like the NBA is just climbing. And whether that's right or wrong, that's just, like, my personal opinion. So much young talent, so much fun to watch talent in the league. I mean, Luka's going to be a guy this year. He's going to be in the MVP race the whole way. Giannis just re-signing. That's a big deal. Good times for the NBA. I also think that when KD did join the Warriors and a couple years back that a lot of people just stopped watching basketball because you already knew who's going to win the finals. So now you have a bunch of teams with dynamic duos who every, you know, a, there's at least eight teams that could win the finals now compared to you already know the Warriors are going to win the finals. So I think that also has a big part to do with Yeah, absolutely. And I mean the Lakers got announced as the favorites to win the title, but it's December. And the titles aren't won in December. Titles are won in, in June. Well, normally. Probably August last, this year, maybe. Yeah, right? something like that. Well, last year it was won in October. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get you get what my point is. But, like I said, lots of exciting times to come. We're getting the sweet overlap of NBA and NFL at the same time. It's always one of my favorite times of the year when you can watch NBA games one night and then the next night there's NFL games. So, the last thing that we need to talk about before we get done with the NBA talk Adam Silver's been talking about potential league expansion. I'm all for it. I think it would be awesome. I mean, I don't know how it would change the structure of teams now, like what guys would go to the expansion teams. But, I mean, Seattle wants a team again. There's other places that – I just – I would like to see at least, like, two teams added, two or three. Like, I don't – obviously, I don't know what – I don't work for the NBA. I don't know where this is going to go. It would just be awesome because, like I said, I do think the NBA is growing in popularity. This is the time to do it. Could you see a team in Baltimore? That would be awesome. I, mean, I think yeah, it would be awesome. We've had a team since the Baltimore Bullets. Yeah, since the Bullets, and then, and then they, they moved to D.C. Yep. and became the Wizards. But I don't know. I just I saw that today, too, when I was prepping for this episode. And Yeah, I think that would be awesome. 
we've never had anything like that in our lifetime, or at least you know, in the last fifteen. Yeah, years. in terms of even in the NFL, yeah, NFL expansion teams, MLB. I don't. Yeah, if there was one, like I can't remember since I started paying attention to sports when I was like eleven or twelve years old. I can't tell you an expansion team. There no. might. Oh, I'm sorry. The the Las Vegas Knights in hockey. That's the only one yeah, I can tell you about. So like. I would like to see it in the NBA, which yeah. I follow more than the not NHL or something that, like it, that. Not only do, does you gain more fans if you obviously start a team in that city, but you also create revenue for that city, which obviously doesn't have anything to do with sports really. But I think that's just great for cities overall, especially cities that are low income, you know, it helps them out. So I think it would be a great idea. It's just a, it depends on how many teams you actually want to bring in. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, that's true. That's a good point. Business in the NBA, they're about their business. They let their players go about their yep. business. And like you said, revenue for cities, not a bad thing. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's our NBA recap. A lot of exciting stuff going on. Check out some of the games. Whenever you're listening to this, there's probably a game that night. So just, I mean, check your channel guide or whatever. Let's get into some segments. So our segments that we have this week, of course, we are going to go back. We're going to do trending up, trending down again, and let's let's get right into that one. My NFL trending up of the week is the Buffalo Bills, and they've kind of been trending up for like the last two weeks. Like that win over the Steelers was a big win for them. It was in Buffalo, but then to just to go in and route the Broncos the way that they did, I mean, they made it look easy. And of course, the Broncos aren't a great team this year, but it was in Denver. And they, I think they scored 49 points. So, I mean, that's a big deal. That's pretty impressive. So, they're my trending up, of course. My trending down, the Los Angeles Rams. Just, I mean, if you watch that game, I don't even know how many weeks ago that was now, when they played the Bucks and they beat the Bucks, mm-hmm. you, you came out of that game saying the Rams could win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Rams are that good. They have a good defense. They can figure it out on offense. When they can run it, they can pass it. They lost to the Jets. I just don't, I don't know what to make of this team. I don't know what their ceiling is. I don't know if they can, they can hang in every week. If it's going to be a week in week out, how good are we? But yeah, I mean, that's my trending up the bills, my trending down the Rams. What about you, Tyler? Yeah. So my trending up is the Tennessee Titans. I think they're, they've been great all season, but they're peaking at the right time. Offensively, they've been insane. I was looking at uh, stats the other day, yesterday, I believe. And Brian Tannehill out of all the starters who have played at least or started at least four games or so. Ryan Tannehill has the third least amount of interceptions. He has five interceptions, and then Mahomes has four, and Aaron Rodgers has three or something like that. Talk about revitalizing That's, a career. Yeah. When he left Miami, I mean, people kind of thought he was done. Yeah, so I just, thought he was. To do what he's been able to do with Tennessee has been really impressive. Yeah, I agree. Their, their offense has come a long way. They're just – firing on all cylinders of course this year and then their defense is just really good and then of course my trending down is the Pittsburgh Steelers and that's not that's not that much of a surprise they were 11-0 and then lose three straight especially to the Bengals and I really thought going into that game on Monday night against the Bengals that you know they they just come off losing two in a row they their offense has been terrible their defense has been all right but their offense just God awful. So I really thought that against a top bottom two defense in the league with the Bengals, the Steelers were just going to put on a show and just, you know, gain that momentum back and that confidence. But they came out looking terrible and they, they played terrible all game, except for the third quarter a little bit. But 
Yeah, if they can't get it going soon, I don't see them making it anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing with the Steelers is, is that they're one of like the premier organizations in the NFL. You have to think they're going to figure it out. You thought that after the Washington game, you're like, oh, that probably highlighted some concerns. Like They're going to figure it out. They're going to adjust. Bills are a good team. The Bills beat them. The Steelers didn't lose that game as much as the Bills beat them. I yeah. think that's a that's a big deal. But then, like you said, against the Bengals, what's what's going on? It's easy for me to say, like, they're going to figure it out. They probably have to win one more game this season to just kind of wrap things up and yeah. be in a good spot. But they play the Colts and the Browns, two very good football teams, two teams that are in the playoff picture right now. So, I don't know. I agree that's a good trending down. Because, like, you want to hope that they're going to figure it out if you're a Steelers fan or if you're just an NFL fan because, like I said, one of the one of the probably – you can make an argument – one of the top three organizations in all of the NFL. Mm, just, for sure. Just in terms of, like, NFL longevity. I don't know what they're going to do. That offense looks dreadful. And it seems like it should work in the modern NFL. Just passing all the time kind of – but they don't even try to commit to the run. And that's no. my biggest problem is even if your running game's not your strength mm-hmm. – you have to at least give it a shot every game, and they just come out and start firing away. And they were running the ball pretty good with mm-hmm. Jamin Samuel, Sam, Samuels last night. Yeah, Benny Snell has also been Benny kind Snell's of impressive, been... but not too great, not too bad. But, yep, that's that's our trending up, trending down for the NFL. I mean, as we get later into our podcasting experience, we'll probably have some NBA trending up, trending downs with the NFL season wrapping up over the next couple months. Our other segment that we're going to do today is, of course, in case you missed it, very good in case you missed it this week. There was a dunk in women's college basketball. It was the second dunk of the season for Stanford's Fran Belibi. And it was her, like I said, it was her second dunk of the season. And this dunk also came on the anniversary of the first ever dunk in women's basketball, women's college basketball. That was back in, I think it was like 84. So that was, yeah, that was George Ann Wells in 19 December 21st 1984 so of course her dunk yesterday December 21st 2020 so I mean that's like something dunks don't happen a lot in women's basketball just because obviously they're not I guess the the only way to phrase it is not as athletic athletically gifted as like men's basketball and stuff like that like not as high flying she's awesome to watch I mean I just saw the clip but I remembered as soon as I saw her dunk the first time I saw her dunk this season so that's exciting. That's a big deal. And I feel like that's a big in case you missed it because not a lot of people follow women's collegiate basketball. I mean, if you're a diehard college basketball fan, you probably do, but not a lot of people are. So that's that's our in case you missed it. I mean, I don't know if you saw it. Do you have any, any kind of a take on No, I just think it was awesome that it came on the anniversary of the fir- very first one. And like you said, not a lot of people watch women's basketball. And I think that that should be changed, but – yeah, I think it's awesome, and it keeps it exciting to watch, you know, when you have a dunk like that. In yeah, absolutely. So. And, of course, like Stanford's number one team in the nation right now. So, I mean, a good player on the number one team in the nation isn't that yeah. crazy. But, like like I said at the beginning of this segment, you don't see dunks a lot. So, pretty cool. And just the weird coincidence that it came exactly, like, almost 40 years after. It's just very, very interesting and a great – in case you missed it this week. So those those were our segments. We're going we're gonna to wrap up. We got a little bit of college football playoff talk. And then we have, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl rosters. And then, of course, we have our top of the hill takes of the week at the end of the show. So college football playoff, uh, the one, two, three, four. The games have been set. It's going to be Alabama playing 
Notre Dame, and then Clemson playing Ohio State, Alabama one, Notre Dame four, Clemson two, Ohio State three. So, I mean, it's different from last year's playoff where it was LSU, Oklahoma, and then Clemson and Ohio State. It's different, but not really. <laughs> because, I mean, Alabama kind of had a down year last year, didn't make the playoff. But LSU was what Alabama has been year in and year out last year, and they took it all the way to the title. They were the one. They beat up on Oklahoma, then they beat Clemson. Clemson and Ohio State. There's no way that game this year can turn out as good as it was last year. It was a thriller last year. It came down to the very end. I just don't think Ohio State is as good as they are, as good as they were last year. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with Ohio State putting a lot of their players into the draft last year, and Clemson, they a lot of their players stayed. They had Travis Etienne, their senior running back, who was eligible to enter the draft, but he decided to play another year at Clemson and go in this year. So that's a big win for them. I, I don't see – I think it's still going to be somewhat of a close game for a good amount, but I think Clemson wins by 14-plus. Ohio State played terrible last game against Northwestern. Justin Fields had – 150 passing yards and zero touchdowns and two interceptions. If it wasn't for Trey Sermon, they would have lost that game. Trey Sermon had 295 on the ground and two or three touchdowns. So he just carried them. And then Clemson obviously beat up on Notre Dame. Clemson and Clemson wasn't even playing to their full potential. So I don't see Ohio State winning this game, in my opinion. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Clemson, of course, it looks like they kind of got their, their mojo back after that midseason loss where they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and they lost to Notre Dame. I think it's going to be Alabama-Clemson again. I mean, imagine if, you're, imagine if you're Notre Dame and you, you get kind of get whooped up on by Clemson in the ACC championship. I mean, of course, you still want to make the playoff if you can. They were lucky to stay in after that loss. I mean, some teams probably could have jumped them, but they didn't. But that's your reward. You get to go play Alabama. <laughs> so, I mean, Notre Dame is a good football team. They have a good coach. They have a good quarterback. Alabama is Alabama. So, like I said, I think it's going to be Alabama-Clemson. You said fourth time? Fourth time is six years. And that's really awesome. I was also thinking about it today. It could be the end of an era. I mean, Clemson, of course, they're going to be good because they're. it's kind of Alabama and Clemson are the two mm-hmm. top dogs year in and year out at this point in college football. But Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the NFL, and – He's kind of what has made Clemson go. Most likely. Yeah, most likely. I don't, I don't see any way he doesn't leave. He might. He might not. Um, but So it could be the end of an era. Of course, Alabama's always going to be good. But, I mean, Mac Jones, some of their receivers are going to go to the NFL draft. So Fonte Smith, is he, he's in the Heisman talk for sure. And he could be the first receiver to win it in, I think, 15-plus years. Something yeah. like that. And then, I mean, of course, you have to talk about the teams that didn't get in. Do you think Texas A&M has a legitimate beef? I see their point of view for sure. But – and I know last week on last week's episode, I said that if Notre Dame gets destroyed by Clemson, which they did, that they wouldn't make the playoffs. But looking at Texas A&M's track record, they played Alabama week two of the season, and they got destroyed. I think it was like 58-24. to 24. And then week three, they played the number four Florida team, which they won by three points, which is a tremendous victory. But if you look at every other game, which they won, they didn't play anyone at all. And Notre Dame, at least least they can say they beat 
number one Clemson at the time, even though they were missing a couple of defensive players and Trevor Lawrence, of course. But they still beat Clemson at the time. And then they also beat uh, North Carolina, who was 19 at the time. So, in my opinion, that's a better track record than Texas A&M, but I do see Texas, Texas A&M's point. I think the some of the other bowl games, of course, that are going to be interesting to look at, Cincinnati and Georgia playing, I think is going to be a really big deal just because the, the gripe that Cincinnati's had is that they're undefeated. They beat a bunch of top 25 teams. Three. They just haven't played that much recently, and that might have hurt their case getting into the playoff. If they can come out and beat Georgia, an SEC team, a team that's pretty good in the SEC year in and year out, maybe the committee starts to consider these guys can come in and they can play too. Like They could be considered for the top four. And I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week about expanding the playoff, and I think that happens sooner rather than later whenever it does. College football is awesome. It sucks that I feel like there really is a legitimate drop-off between maybe not even the top four, maybe the top two or three mm-hmm. in the country versus everybody Everyone else. Yep. So that makes it hard, but, I mean, there used to just be a BCS championship, and it was one and two. So yep. you never know what's going to change. But, yeah, that's that's college football playoff. Um, that's going to be on New Year's Day, I'm pretty sure those games are. Yep. So, I mean, not, not this week, not after Christmas. So, I mean, that's a couple weeks out still, but that got announced, so that's exciting. We're going to wrap up. We're going to talk about the Pro Bowl rosters here. And then we're going to have, like I said, we're going to have our top of the hill takes at the very end of the show. One thing before we get into the Pro Bowl rosters that I just have thought is interesting, I thought it was interesting all season, of course, with the state of the COVID-19 pandemic and everything, there's a, there's a game on Christmas, and Christmas is on Friday. That means that there has been a game at least one every weekday, like Monday through Sunday. There's been at least an NFL game at least one time this season because we had a month. Of course, you always have Sunday and Monday night, Thursday night. There's also Tuesday night football, Wednesday night football, and now Friday night football, of course, with also throwing in the Saturday games that they do at the end of the season. That's not really that big of a deal. I just think it's super interesting that there has literally been – if you could pull the calendar – there has been a game Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, which is – I don't think that's ever happened before. I think that's really interesting. And I think – I honestly don't think it will ever happen again unless, of course, God forbid, we have another pandemic like this. But, yeah, this is definitely a historic year in sports. So, of course, the Pro Bowl rosters were announced. I believe it was Monday night they came out and announced them. I think it was before the Bengals-Steelers game. We're just going to look at the skill positions because – that's probably what people that would listen to this would even know. And I mean, I don't personally know enough to tell you this offensive lineman versus that offensive lineman or defensive lineman, vice versa should have made it over, over someone versus didn't making it. Let's get right into it. AFC quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, star studded list. I mean, I think Mahomes, of course, Josh Allen's been playing phenomenally and we were just talking about it. Deshaun Watson, bad team. He's still been playing lights out, been playing really good. And maybe that's why it seems kind of weird that he's in it, just because his team hasn't been doing it good, doing that well. And that's kind of what – it's not a recipe for making the Pro Bowl, but if you have a good team and you're playing well on a good team, it's going to help you get there. So I think, I think that's an interesting guy that, like, bad team this year, you're still a star. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I know you said Ryan Tannehill, you think poss- possibly could have made it over Watson. 
Uh, and I definitely agree with that. I, I love Deshaun Watson, and he's also currently second in the NFL in passing yards and third in completion percentage on a 4-10 and 10 team, which I think is saying a lot, like you said. But Yeah, of course. And then um, the running backs, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs. So Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, I mean, that's, no that's a given. That's a no-brainer. Josh Jacobs has missed some time. I mean, he's a good running back. Don't get me wrong. I haven't followed the Raiders that closely this year to know exactly like what his numbers are, what his numbers look like. But I mean, James Robinson, undrafted rookie for the Jaguars. I mean, he might be, he might be an alternate. I don't know. I mean, but they're not playing the game this year. So there's not going to be alternates is the problem. I think, I mean, I get it. You're on a one in 13 football team, but he's doing the kind of things that Zeke did when he came into the Mm -hmm. league as a rookie. So and he was undrafted, yeah, and so, I believe he's he's either third in the NFL in rushing yards or all-purpose yards, which is yeah, as an undrafted so rookie. It's just it's crazy, and it would have been cool to see him get to make the Pro yeah, Bowl because sure. there hasn't been a lot to a lot to smile about in Jacksonville. But I mean, hey, they might get the number one overall pick here in the next couple of weeks, so there might be a lot more to smile about. Of course, um, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, and AJ Brown, wide receivers, and I I don't have an issue with anybody there. Stephon Diggs has been pretty much in a class of his own this year as the Bills' number one receiver. Tyreek Hill doing the Tyreek Hill things that we've just come to expect. Keenan Allen balling out with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I mean, they haven't gotten a lot of wins, but I still think he's been putting up his numbers, doing his part. And then A.J. Brown, I think, I mean, he was good last year. I think he's only gotten that much better this year. I think him, Tannehill, and Henry are probably one of the league's top, like, trios at quarterback, running back, receiver. Mm-hmm. And – I don't know if anybody would have quite said that about A.J. Brown going into the year, but no. he's been electric. He's a big-bodied receiver that's also a speed a speedster. So, like, Pro Bowl, well-deserved to me for yep. him. And then, of course, your tight ends are going to be Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller for the AFC. And I don't know how you can have an issue with either of those because Kelsey could lead the league in receiving yards as a tight end, which is pretty much unheard of. I don't think it's ever happened. Before, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's ever happened. and It might not happen, but he's on a good pace to do so. And then Darren Waller, of course, has just kind of come out of nowhere in the last two seasons, I think it was. I last mean, he, season, yeah. he started out with the Ravens. I'm pretty sure he was a wide receiver when his career mm-hmm. started. They tried to move him to tight end and tackle or something like that. Couldn't get it figured out in Baltimore and kind of revitalized his career in now Las Vegas. So that's that's pretty cool. Good to see him go to the Pro Bowl. Looking at the NFC, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. No issues there. I mean, Russell Wilson was on his MVP campaign to start the year. He's still been awesome. Aaron Rodgers might win the MVP this year. It looks like it's going to be him or Mahomes. And then Kyler Murray has been a sophomore standout. So that's a lot of, lot of interesting quarterback play in the NFC from those guys. I mean, I don't, I don't know who you would put in over any of the three of them at this point. Looking at the running backs, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Aaron Jones. Again, three really good running backs. I mean, Dalvin Cook's missed a couple games with injury, but when he has played, he's been – pretty much just as dominant as Derrick Henry is in the AFC. So, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Kamara is a do-it-all kind of running back, catches passes, runs the ball out of the backfield, runs screen, stuff like that. And then Aaron Jones is just the guy in the backfield with Aaron Rodgers. So when they get their running game going, he has his great nights. I mean, do you have any issues with any of those guys? No, not at all. They're definitely the top three, I think, in the NFC. And just like you said, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Ryan Tannehill being an elite trio – uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones are probably the best trio in the NFL currently. So, 
you can't have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I can get behind that. And then just going into the receivers, you just mentioned Devontae Adams is the, the first receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and then Justin Jefferson, rookie sensation, which I think is really awesome, first-round pick out of LSU for the Vikings. He kind of came in, and they're like, you have to do what Stephon Diggs did last year because Stephon Diggs isn't here anymore. So to make the Pro Bowl as a rookie, I mean, I think that's already a big deal, making the Pro Bowl as a rookie player. So not only that, but he broke Randy Moss's rookie Vikings receiving record, I believe. I think for, I think it was for catches. For catches yeah, yeah, so I mean, and I think he's close to the yards too. So that's, you don't you yeah. don't make the Pro Bowl by accident yeah, in most cases. Sure. So I mean, I think that's another well deserved nod right there. Wrapping it up is just the tight ends is T.J. Hawkinson for the Lions, who's been quietly i would say just because not a lot of people follow the lines that closely but he's been very very good for them this year mm-hmm. i think they used a high draft pick on him either a year ago or a couple years ago so pick last year I believe. yeah so i mean that's kind of to be expected and then here's the one that i probably have the biggest issue with is evan ingram he started the year really good i mean he's a serviceable tight end for new york but how do you not put robert tanyan out there i mean they have similar like receiving yards and Tanyan has 10 touchdowns compared to Ingram's one receiving touchdown this year. So, I mean, of course, like, there's the fan vote and then there's the players and coaches vote. So there's no right routine or method or madness to how the Pro Bowl players get decided, but I just – it's nice to talk about the snubs sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a huge snub right there, especially with how no one knew who Robert Tanyan was coming into the season. I know I'm a Packers fan, and I know I didn't even know who he was. So I'm glad to see – I'm sad that he didn't make the Pro Bowl, but I'm glad to see him doing having a great season. I think also part of that could have been because they already have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. And yeah. they also, I think, were tied fourth for the most players on the Pro Bowl roster. So that could also play part of the reason. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, of course, I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it already. They're not even going to play the Pro Bowl this year because of COVID. Makes sense, but it also kind of – not that it sucks, but when the Pro Bowl is played, you see the teams that go to the Super Bowl, their Pro Bowl players don't go, so other guys get to make it. So, like, the avenues for the guys like James Robinson or Robert Tunyon, like, getting into the Pro Bowl and getting to go yep. to Florida or Hawaii, wherever it's played. Like, I'm pretty sure they played in Orlando now. But So, yeah, there's that. I mean, that's the skill positions of the Pro Bowl, and that's that. We're going to wrap up. we got our top of the hill takes, and then that will be our show. So my top of the hill take this week is that NBA tip-off inspired, LeBron James still got multiple championships out there to go win. I think that you could say, like, one more. Like, I think a lot of people could see that one more getting his fifth ring. I don't know how long he's going to play, but I think he's – I don't think two is that crazy. I don't think it's that that out there. If he gets another one this year with the Lakers, I mean, that would just be even one step closer, so to speak. So to go out and chase one more, whether that's in L.A. or maybe – if he's still playing when his son comes in the league and his son goes somewhere and he links up with his son and they go chase a championship that way. I don't think anybody's going to tell you LeBron's done because obviously he's not. We talked about it earlier in the show. He's still playing dominantly. That's my take. He's got multiple championships to win. I think he gets at least six before it's all said and done. So that's my take. What's yours? I agree with that. I think he definitely gets six. He has to tie, tie Michael Jordan. Just has to be that. Yeah, way. he has to either he has to do it or he has to at least go down trying. So. Exactly. So I I love that take, but I think I had a tough one with this, but I think I'm gonna go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not winning a single game in the playoffs this year, unless they play the NFC East. That's <laughs> so that's my only uh, 
you know, but yeah, I, I, I knew that they came back on the Atlanta Fal- Falcons this past week, but they are just so inconsistent, just like the Rams. I don't think that, and they have an elite defense and elite offense, elite players on offense. I just don't think that they are going to do it. I know that they blew the Packers out in the regular season the first time, but you're not going to pick off Aaron Rodgers twice in one game again. I can promise you that. At yeah, least the Bucs. Yeah, it's going to be hard, and you made a good point. That's what I was going to say. The Bucks are so up and down this year. Yeah. It's like every time you get, you're get, you able to get behind them and be like, they're a good team. Like, they might be able to do this thing. And then they lose they come the out, They come out and they lose a, they lose a bad game. I mean, yeah. they, they beat the Giants this year. But the Giants them. played them close. So uh, so I'm just, like, I meant the Bears. They yeah, so it's just like – Yeah, so it's like every time you, you want to get behind this team, you want to say yeah. they, could, they could run all the way, they could go to the Super Bowl. They have one of those bonehead games. And, I mean, they've been bullied twice by the Saints who are in their own division. So, I don't know. Tom Brady – Tampa Bay, lots of <laughs> exciting stuff. That's a good take. I like it. But, yeah, that's our show this week. Hopefully it's a little bit a little bit shorter, a little bit sweeter and to the point than our first episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And we're going to have a Merry Christmas, obviously, Christmas this week. We're going to look to have another show out same time next week. So thanks for tuning in. That was Top of the Hill this week. Peace.